0: this is the refuge project welcome
1: to the refuge project the refuge project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place and here we are very safely very safe speaking of safe meaningful Got the one of the calls as a parent that you never want to get. Oh yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, so Saturday the about eight o'clock went to dinner, got back home. You sure set, he wants you to tell this? So, too bad he should have <laughs> been doing this <laughs> Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Got settled in about eight o'clock and got the phone call from my my son that they had been in an accident. And he goes, Dad, you could tell that he was just like you know scattered brain yeah. doesn't really
0: don't know what to do
1: don't know what to do don't really know what happened mm. he says i think we we flipped the car off the bridge and i was just like <laughs> <laughs> so, he said,
0: so he called you, you say, hey what's going on he says dad i think we flipped the car off the bridge
1: yeah i was just like okay uh <laughs> he goes but we're okay we're okay we're okay What happened was he hit the guardrail on the bridge, and they spun.
0: What bridge are you talking about?
1: So when you come off of the, like if you're coming from La Porte to Baytown on the Fred Hartman, Uh so right when you hit that curve going around to Missouri, Mm. the the freeway curves right there, they were going too fast. Yeah. And there was two cars of teenagers. Uh They wasn't racing, but they were behind each other. And they said they told the cop, one kid told the cop they were doing 80. So I'm thinking around 90, no <laughs> at least. And one spun out of control. The one Speed limit 60 there, yeah. by the way. Uh, one spun out of control. It, you know, the other one weaved to hit another car. And,
0: so there's uh, three cars?
1: There was four cars total in the, mm. in the accident. Two of them was the, the friends. When the one swerved, it missed the car that my son was in, hit another car. And then another car came through and hit
0: kind of like wreckage and pop tires and stuff. So did did one of them end up on the feeder or something? Like, why did he think he flew over the bridge? Because I don't think – because he – he didn't know where he was at, I guess. I think okay. he was just... So when he called you, was he like in the car? Is he standing he, next to the well, car? He just
1: got out of the car. Uh-huh, okay. So he found his phone
0: and then called me immediately. Got you. There's no cops or anything yet? No He's cops just, there, yeah. His principal showed
1: up out of nowhere. His principal?
0: Yeah, his principal
1: was just like behind him. He's with like, all Dad, of I think we happened. flipped
0: the car and I got detention. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I
1: so shout out to Mr. Murphy for getting Mr. there uh, and, you know, holding it down for all the parents until we got there, you yeah. know? Uh, and then the other thing. Even is, that,
0: you're the principal. you just driving by I go, I think that's my students yeah, in an upside-down car.
1: Seven of your students just sitting uh, Yeah. My
0: goodness. Well, and well then, that's cool, though, that he stopped.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And then uh, the band director's son was with him.
0: So <laughs> <He's a, he's laughs> Dad, the car flipped. I got detention, and I can't march in the game next week. <laughs>
1: Oh man! So they're banged up. You know, one kid went to the hospital. He's got a pretty severe concussion. The driver of the one car and Luke has got a pretty severe whiplash, along with the rest of them. You know, yeah. uh, bruises and, and and you know from seat belts. Mm-hmm. Pretty nasty deal, man. But uh, shout out to Honda Civic. <laughs> they built a good car. <laughs> Shout
0: out to the no, no sponsor. <laughs> you don't think we're gonna get sponsored by Honda? <laughs> no, no, man, no, no. Well, Those Japanese man, they right they after, really do it. Right after this,
1: man. Yeah. Y'all, y'all call me. Y'all you got my number. So yeah, down, David man.
0: showed me a picture on Sunday. He comes. I see him in the sound booth, and he's looking all tired and all. And I say, "Hey, how you doing?" And he's like, "Oh." Dealing with this all week, slides <laughs> his phone over and it's got this car like on fire looking, <laughs> yeah, just distressed. Mean, Jeez, it, was terrible. it, geez, it man. was terrible. Yeah, was, but he's
1: okay. He's there. everybody's okay. There just, I mean, even today that you know he can barely move his neck and stuff, but yeah, he's good. That's like right. the
0: same spot that I did a three sixty on the freeway, except really? going the other way.
1: Yeah, that curve right there. If you go too
0: fast, yeah, you know, I was t- going. like...
1: the Civics, came do
0: one hundred ninety. I was in a Ford Ranger. Yeah, I that, well, but I was right. going. I was going like fifty five. Was it raining? Maybe fifty. It was raining a lot, yeah, and I had bad Rangers tires. I had horrible tires at the time. I I had t- my tires were so bad. I knew anytime it rained the slightest bit, and I hit just the tiniest little puddle, oh, yeah. I would hydroplane. Mm-hmm. But I knew it. But for, I was still too cheap to change my tires because I was like 16 or yeah, whatever, 17. Uh-huh. It was way more important things than Yeah, tires. I was like, dude, I can't spend 200 bucks <laughs> on some tire. And so I would know, I would see, you know, I'd be driving and I'd see a puddle up there. I'd go, okay, I'm going to hydroplane. I got really good at hydroplaning. I'm going to steer through it, baby. Yeah, so I'd know, okay, it's going to make me slide this direction. So I'll hit it like this. And I got pretty good at it, which was actually bad because it made me put off uh-huh. changing the tires. Uh-huh. And, off. and yeah, I ended up. I spun around on the freeway. Kids, there. be careful, man!
1: Be careful! Be careful! Like, you but know. But that was
0: why I got new tires because I was being careful. Aside from, you know, not actually changing the tires. Like, yeah. I was being extra careful, going real slow. I go, you know, it, I got bad tires, it's raining. And then I was still sliding like crazy. Yeah. So that was when I said, okay, I got to get some tires.
1: The, the crazy thing, this is this is the lesson to be learned. And that's what I was telling the boys, you know. And they're all, we, they, they, they come to the house and hang out and play pool and, and ping yeah. pong and stuff. And I was just telling them, I was like, man, listen, I know uh, I had a buddy that went to jail for 10 years. For you know a similar situation where he killed his best friend, mm. driving crazy, best friend died wow. and ended up getting involuntary manslaughter. Man. You know, so you know that, that thing they don't you, you don't remember that when you're you know getting hyped yeah. up and driving down the road and having fun. So, yeah. anyways, lesson learned. Um, we have a special guest coming up in a little bit. Yeah, uh, we had a chance to uh, sit down with Pastor Mark and That's just right. talk about uh, how to deal with you know when your parents got start to get. Uh, a little bit older and the different situations that happen and when you have to put them in homes and take keys away and, and the dynamics of the household and different Pretty things old. like that it was a real good conversation mm-hmm. so we'll play play that for you here in a little bit um, But so let's just jump right into Culture Corner I'll
0: give you a quick good one real quick
1: shout out to a uh, Tom McDonald and
0: um Oh and Ben Shapiro Ben
1: Shapiro that, that's my story, just go check it out.
0: It's called Facts. Ben Shapiro rapping. I should have BPM synced that with this one here. <laughs> yeah, and that like, been awesome. I didn't think about uh, that. that
1: good.
0: Well mine, this is um this is actually a big uh serious theological question I have for you okay. about oh, this no. story. Okay. So I wanna know I want to know what you think about this. So, okay. so um here's the headline.
1: Um <laughs> I don't know. I was just I'm just like thinking with this It's community. really important.
0: I want to know the answer. Okay. To this. We're okay. all going to want to know the answer. Okay. Um so the headline is British Zoo launches new plan to curb parrot's non-stop swearing. Okay. <laughs> so there's these there's these gray parrots in this uh in this British Zoo. Yeah. And they just swear non-stop. <laughs> F this, f that, f you. Oh man, they all they, these, they go into the big ones. Yeah, just all of them. Oh. Just the nastiest. They're they're just saying all, nonstop. And uh, I'm actually disappointed because the um, the story never says like why the parrots started doing that. Because these parrots, You know, with
2: some some yeah,
1: zookeeper does teach. I guess.
0: Them so, I mean, somebody had to because these parrots they're they're known for being able to repeat words and simple phrases. Uh,
1: but some of them know how to do it like. In the sentence, like they know when Mm -hmm. to use it. Like it's, yeah, it's like when a four year old does it, you're like, Yeah,
0: oh, he did that right. And so, these parents, though, they'll, uh, once they learn a phrase, like they just know it forever and they'll just say it whenever. And so the zoo started getting kind of it got it was so bad that they had to put up signs around these parrots. It said like hey just so you know it's like
1: 18 year and you know, older like bird that go exactly. look at
0: it. Signs. it was just it was saying like just so you know there's these parrots say some stuff so if you're sensitive to that you know maybe move along. Like don't. And so but it got so bad. Uh, but it was actually kind of a good thing the, for the zoo. You can't zoo.
1: even take the school kids Yeah, to yeah. there. Now are just exactly. like no we got to we got to see the parrots. Saying. So they
0: had to say <laughs> But it became an attraction because a lot of people thought it was funny that the the parrots are saying all this stuff, so they'd go there and get the parrots to cuss them out and be like, <laughs> "Is <"Isn't> this fun? <laughs> Just having a good time." Taking video of it, but it was so much that they're tra- they're trying to get the parrots to stop. So they're putting it's it's like five parrots, over, no no no, it's eight. I'm sorry, eight of these parrots, and they're putting them with uh, this bigger flock of like a hundred parrots. Oh no! Well, so their <laughs> the hope is. <laughs> That the hundred parents will influence the eight, so that the eight won't say uh, all these swears as much. But there's also the possibility that the eight will influence That's the hundred. That's exactly
1: opposite when we tell our kids. I no, know, I know. don't hang out
0: with the group because you'll end up like them. Well, so they're hoping the big group oh, okay, okay, will okay. rub off on the small amount of parents that are saying all these cuss words. Okay. But it might go the other way. Which way did it go? Well, it doesn't... They don't know. Ah! The, the, the story is saying that that's what they're trying. Ah! <laughs> that's what they're about to do, and hopefully it works.
1: Bro, can you imagine the whole zoo I know. just <laughs> like... R-R-F-U. It's hundreds of parrots.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the question is, though, do these parrots get to go to heaven when they die? Do they get to go, or are they condemned for all eternity because some uh some zookeeper thought it'd be cute to teach him some bad words, well, I guess um where's this at <laughs> it's in Britain,
1: Britain, okay, England I don't have to check our list to see if we have any missionaries over there okay <laughs> <laughs> because if we do, we can send them, and then ah, there you go, you know then at that point they can make a decision mm-hmm. They can pray for the parrots. Pray for the parrots. See if the you know if the parrots want to make this change. But if, they, if yeah. no, everybody brings them the other side. Mm. They only know,
0: you know. But here's the possibility: you send those missionaries over there. What if they talking start to cursing. the parrots? What <laughs> the parrots influence them? <laughs> you know, they got to be some strong-willed missionary. They need to be right with God. Really, like. Spiritually yeah. correct. Because, you know, all dogs go to heaven, but I don't know about the parrots. It doesn't say,
1: it doesn't say anything about parrots in that movie. Especially if they're,
0: you know. It's cussing. Swearing. So what about, what about cussing preachers? Oof. I don't know, man. Maybe it wasn't the preacher's fault. Maybe they just heard some parrots. Maybe it was
1: the parrots and everybody thought it was the preacher. Could have
0: been Anyway, that's my story. So there's something to think about. Do the parrots get to go to heaven? Because for sure they're going to die eventually. I'm going to say no. No, you don't think the parrots go?
1: <laughs> I have no scripture to back that up, with. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to say i say you, you're just going to say nah. Are they condemned forever? Do they even have a soul? That's the uh, that, now you can. I really, mean, yeah. if they can go. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> but it's not their fault. They don't even know what they're saying. If huh? they
1: can't, who cares? <laughs> but the one that taught them the bad words is going to hell oh, for, for sure. For sure. For <laughs>
0: sure. <laughs> All right. So that's <laughs> mine. That's it. So tell me about. Uh... Tell me about this song. Yeah, I don't have a song. Well, I thought you said that
1: was your story. No, no, no. no I, don't, I didn't bring it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, all I right. I didn't
0: bring it. I didn't bring it. Yeah. So, well, that's it then. We'll just cut to uh, Pastor Mark now. Yeah.
1: Everybody uh, just hang tight and check this conversation that we're having with our lead pastor, Pastor Mark here at Elam Church. There we go. All right, guys. Uh, we got a special guest in here, uh, Pastor Mark Walker. He's our lead pastor here at Elam Church. And, uh, you know... Uh, at different times in life, you go through different seasons. And, um, you know, when you're young, I always tell everybody, you know, when, when when you're 20, you don't know what 30 looks like. So you need a mentor in your life that, that's 30 so they can show you what 30 looks like. And when you're 40, you don't know what 50 like. When you're 60, you don't know what 70 looks like. Um, so I begin a new stage in my life where, um, Trying
0: to see what 100 looks like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yes, we're getting closer and closer. We're closer there now than we are to, you know, 20. Uh, anyways, um, you know, we were the next step in life when you have to start taking care of your parents. Mm. And I think um, the things that we'll probably talk about today is things that Pastor Mark and now that I'm I'm starting to learn some of these things probably are some things we didn't do right but we learned from them and some things that we found out that we did right that actually worked and they might work for you they might not but i think that you know going through these next steps in life uh, when you have older elderly parents uh, and it's a difficult difficult situation because their whole life you know for the last 50 60 70 years they've been independent they've been able to take care of themselves and mm-hmm. Um, they've financially, physically, you know, uh, mentally, all those things they've, they've done and we've always been the kid. Yeah. And then at some point roles begin to change. And how do you step into those roles with grace, with love, um, and still give them that freedom, That sense of uh, being able to do the things that they always done before, but at the same time having having to step in on difficult situations and take care of them almost like their parents. So, um so I just brought Pastor Mark in, uh, in here. I know that he's kind of going through a season that he had a sick father and had to work through that. Uh, just recently lost him the last year or so. And now his mother's living there with his, in, in his house under the same roof. I have my parents on the same property. Fortunately enough, you know, they have their own space for now, uh, which is good for them. Uh, so we're just going to kind of uh, talk through some of these things to see if it might, um, might help uh, some of the people out there that are going through the same things. Um, so I guess really to start off, um, the the ideas you know of when you're starting to see your parents starting to struggle in certain in certain ways, and and kind of for you and me, it was one of those things that starting to like go over to the house and starting to like help them up after they fall. Right. You know, you start seeing those type of things, and so you you kind of see it coming um but then at some point you have to step in and help them make decisions right um how, how did that kind of look like for for you and your situation when you begin to see you know at, at this time it was like your dad was starting to get kind of frail and different things like that and you were spending you know sometimes more days of the week you know over there helping them than than you wasn't
2: it's it's really difficult david and i think um i think we don't We don't want to recognize it. Maybe my dad was extremely active, uh, you know, always doing things, and so it's almost so gradual that it's it's not noticeable because it's like, oh, just do this. We'll help you with this, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, man, he's he's not been able to do this now, and and so I don't know. For me, it was never a burden. Um, It was inconvenient. Uh, and, I mean, to be honest with you, they never, he never had an incident, you know, in a good time for me. Yeah. Uh, it was always when something was going on, but it was never a burden, but it was difficult. And, and my mom, uh, my dad was a big man and my mom's not a great big lady. So she would call me and we would have to go over there. And he was so proud. He did not want the help. So it was, a, it was a very big learning. Uh, experience for us to re, to just really come to the place where we had to take his keys mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't safe for him to drive. He had dementia, Parkinson's, uh, and, and all those things that even though you you think you're prepared, I, I don't. Maybe there are people that are prepared. We were not, right. and uh, we had to learn as we we went. And so, like you said, I I look back and I'm so thankful that I. I can't. I can't say. Oh, I wish we'd have done this different and that different, because we were learning. Uh, but it is so difficult, and so I would just encourage anyone dealing with this to just really. Uh, it is a time to think about it, uh, pray about it, and and maybe even do a little preparation, because unless God. Does something different. Just about everybody has to go through this,
1: right? And I think that the preparation really is important, um, especially when you're starting to see a little bit decline. Because, like you said, it just it just happens all of a sudden. Uh, all of a sudden, they get weak, or all of a sudden they get sick, or. or uh, Lord, uh, you know, help us. The cancer pops up or something tragic like that. And um, if you're fortunate enough, you know, uh, there's you know certain insurances out there that would help in a certain ways. So the preparation, maybe doing a little bit of research of what kind of help that you can get. I know it's it's hard sometimes to bring strangers into your home, um, but really. Especially if you're married and you're raising a family and those type of things, if you can find some help because it's, it takes a lot of time and effort, uh, mental strain, you know, and if you, if you have the abilities to find that, that help that can help, you know, the, the, the spouse of, you know, if it's your mother or your father, right. uh, that takes a lot of, uh, effort off of them and just really encourage it because I know like, Probably like your mom, too. She thought she could do it until she couldn't, right? Right. And just really to try to encourage them to to take the help that they can get. And
2: that is a really difficult issue because she wouldn't accept the help. Right. And the more you tried, the more she felt or she feels like, you know, well, then – well, what? You don't trust me. You don't, you know, I've been taking care of my husband for 65 years and, yeah. and it's, and it's difficult because you do have to step in and say, what's best for him? Mm-hmm. And, uh, we struggled with that. My mom is a servant of servants. She takes care of everything. And so we finally came to the place. She finally came to the place that she recognized she couldn't do it anymore. And, and the hard part, Dave, James, is now you're not just dealing with one parent with a problem. Yeah. Now you're dealing with another because now she's feeling like, oh, my gosh, I can't do what I'm supposed to do. Am, am I headed the same direction? And, and so it really is a, a problem that kind of compounds for a while, you know, and, and then, well, letting somebody in. That's a whole other issue. Well, they don't do it as good as I do, yeah. so I, I don't want them back, you know. And so, as the the child, you are trying to say, but this is best, and yet they don't. For a while, they don't get, and we we understand that. We need to understand that because it is a, it is difficult to submit to the fact. How would we feel if if somebody came in and said, "Look, man, you just you are not driving very good anymore, and I think it's best you give you hand over your keys." You can get my keys. That's the that's the that's
1: the one of the big first ones, right? Is, is, is taking that independence away with their keys. I
2: think maybe for us that was the biggest. Yeah. Uh, my dad, he, he had such a laid back attitude, but he 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 struggled with that for a while, and uh, we had a couple of incidents that uh, he would get a hold of the keys and. Because he had dementia, he would take off, and and we would panic, and then he'd come back like, "What are y'all worried about?" <laughs> you know, and uh, but when you have to do those things, and then you're talking about your dad uh, having to treat them like children, almost like A you teenager. said, yeah. it, it's not you know you're doing what you think is best for them, and so we struggle. One of the one of the difficult issues in uh, in that is. Uh, as you mentioned a while ago, finding you know if you have the insurance and stuff, what we found is my mom and dad by no means were wealthy by no means they they made a good living they were able to to live good uh but they didn't have a tremendous amount of money, but they had too much. yeah, so when it came time to finding a place for my dad, the only places that were available for for uh, through insurance through medicare and things i'm sorry I, we couldn't put him in there right it, it it was oh my goodness and so we had to come out of pocket with that that's something else that you know people need to prepare for and think about uh, do you use up all of their savings or do you sell their house and man it's just so, so much to think about and the problem again is it's like Okay, tomorrow we got to make this decision. Right. <laughs> it's not, you know, we should have made this five years ago. Well, that's real nice, but we didn't, and so now we're here today. Yeah, and so it's really, really difficult. But I, I can say that if you if you do it as a family. Uh, you can get through it. And, and it can be actually, it can be a good experience to draw you closer to them than ever before.
1: Yeah. I always tell, you know, I always tell my kids and the and the, the ones around me, the worst thing to ever do is to be in a rush to buy a house or a used car, you uh-huh. know. But I think even more, Right. is, you know, trying to find a place for your parents to be, you know, to put them in a home or whatever. So just that little bit of, you know, forethought, you know, when you're starting to see it come, uh, just start, you know, looking around, asking people that's been through it before, um, just so you don't don't have to, to get caught up in that haste. And I know it's difficult. When my grandmother went in there, you know, they took everything that she had. She had a right. sign over everything, you know, that was any value to her, to put her in, you know, what we was the best that she could get and we could afford, right. but it's still not up to your expectations. Well,
2: one of the one of the first places we went to, literally maybe the second or third question, do you have a house? Hmm. And uh, yeah, okay. Well, we, exactly what you said. Well, we need to sign that over, and and we're not sure at this time if it's going to be long term care, if it's going to just be. To, to get him well because he was dealing with some other medical issues and so we, we don't know if this is going to be you know forever or just a few months so we're not signing the well then we need to you know so there's so many major decisions that you have to make and especially if the other spouse is still functioning properly yeah. and, and going along so that's really compounds the difficulties
1: and there is some and i'm I'm not speaking on this as a professional at all. So seek out any. Me neither. (laughs) You can seek out all the professionals, but there's there's other things that you can do financially to try to move money around in different ways, and houses and different things around. If you do some forethinking, right, Um, and it it can really help with a lot of those situations. So you know, seek out your financial advisor and lawyers and different things. Have a wheel. You know, a wheel is huge.
2: Talk to to uh, the lawyers and things because I we we didn't hit that window, uh, we waited too long, and uh, and, and through it all, th- with with the end result being God blessed us, we we were able to take care of it. But um, and, and I don't know this to be fact. In fact, you know, I am just saying I've heard that if you if you know it's coming, if you can get everything out of their name, so many years ahead of time, that then when when time comes. Uh, then you still have, you know, they'll still be able to give you your inheritance and things. But well, we didn't do that, so I really couldn't speak to how long that is. I've heard that, uh, but, you know, so it's just, but there are a lot of questions. And and the thing is, you know, I was reading a scripture, uh, and it's First Timothy 5.8, and I know that, uh, you know, people are working people's you know my kids they all have their own lives they're they're think i were mostly all close they have their own lives and i understand that i have my own life you know apart from my mom and dad uh so but that does not exempt us from the responsibility to take care of our parents That's right we have a god given responsibility to take care of our parents And I think too many are pushing that responsibility off to a government that can't take care of our parents.
1: And doesn't really care about them. Don't care.
2: And they're going to put them in places that we would never put our dog in. Right. And yet, because we don't have time for them or we don't do these things, that's what happens. Uh, Being on the ambulance uh, for many years with the fire department, we would make calls into these homes uh, around the area that I worked, and it was just disheartening, so heartbreaking to see these elderly people lying in the hallway, drooling, nothing, nobody around for hours. Yeah, and, and so those are the things. So I want to read the scripture because um, it's very interesting to me, and it's really a challenge. First Timothy five eight, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives. And especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith, and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow! Mm-hmm. Now that's the Bible. That's not Mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was blessed with parents that—I mean, I, I think honestly, I had the best parents in the world, and it was not hard for me to uh, to do the things that I did. It wasn't a chore. It wasn't a burden. Again, it was an inconvenience. But it wasn't hard because I cared so much for them they I loved them, but I know there are those that just struggle with that, so I'm you know how do we reconcile this right with the way that the life is because now used to be husbands would work wives stay home, and I know that's way way old school, but now both both members of but the families are working, everybody's doing everything they can, and now you get this sudden impact of now you got to take care of somebody who can literally not take care of themselves can't go to the bathroom for themselves wow yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to put a guilt trip. I'm just saying God holds us responsible for that.
1: Yeah, and, and both of us have been very lucky that we have wives that mm. have just jumped right in and will wow, yes. do anything for our, for our folks. And but there's a lot of them out there that are, you know, that's a that's a, a big stronghold in the relationship is. How do they take care of the other one's parents? And, you know, I didn't sign up for this type deal. Exactly. So um, that could cause a lot of friction in, in a relationship. So all of this um, comes from uh, needs to have a lot of communication going on from the very beginning with your spouse, with your parents. You and I had talked to, like about moving parents in. And the, one of the things that really – helped us is that we had all of the hard conversations up front one of the toughest times that I ever had with my parents is like setting uh, you know ground rules and all of those boundaries (laughs) and all of those things and it wasn't it wasn't an ask that was the hard part about it you know it was just like this is for us to do this this is the way we need it on our side and then what do you need on your side You know, it's not just a one way street and then tried to, you know, my, my parents live in, in our, our, you know, our back door, you know, is right there and they live right there, but they've never once opened our back door and, and just came in our house, you Mm -hmm. know, and if they did, it wouldn't be an issue, right? but because that we had those things up front, you know, they all, they just know to have that respect, you know, and then when things come up, you can always refer back to right. the conversation. It
2: it's so important. And you helped me with that because when my mom moved in, my mom's very active. Uh she loves to cook and uh but she is actually living in the house with us. And we we're very blessed. We have an upstairs, our kids are were gone. So we were able to dedicate a couple of rooms to my mom and give her plenty of living space. Uh, you know things is the thing is she's she's older uh and she's got to go upstairs and so you and i've talked about you know whether to get an elevator later whether to get stair help or what what to do right now it's not necessarily necessary but um one of the things we had to do like you said is to really sit down and say okay um you are welcome to live here and yes if both are not in agreement, both husband and wife are not in agreement, then you need to really be careful, uh, because it is, it is so different. Uh, you have now become the, uh, the adult in a sense. Uh, you have to set those boundaries. Uh, I remember telling my mom, okay, if you're going to be late, you're going to call me <laughs> and tell me when you're going to be home, you know, and she looks at me laughing. I'm, I'm serious, you know, uh, because just, I don't. I'm not going to stop you from doing whatever you're going to do, but I just want to know, you when know, we're, when we're, the door's going to open. Yeah, and then we almost you know?
1: feel responsible at that point, right. Like, Okay, I need to know where you're at because now Dad's gone. I, as a, yeah. as the next man in the in the family, I'm responsible, just like right. just like the scripture said. Sure. Now, now I, I uh, I'm responsible, and I hold that are very dear to my heart to make sure that I'm doing the right things biblically sure. and physically, emotionally, spiritually for my for my house at this point.
2: One of the one of the most difficult things that I had to do was ground my mom. And <laughs> Did uh, you really no, I, no, I'm just teasing.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> it hasn't got that far yet. <laughs>
2: but but it is it is uh, uh you've got to work together. And uh and for me, I'm I'm not home a lot because I'm up here all the time, uh, you know, and things, uh, Blanche, uh, she's, she's home, she stays home now, and so she's there with my mom, so that's got to be a a good relationship, and it's not easy for her, uh, you know, but my mom's, my mom's wonderful to work with, and she'll, she'll do things, and if you tell her, she'll, okay, well, I didn't know, or, or whatever, but it's just interesting to me, because I'll go home, and I'll ask Blanche, what did you do today, and, and uh, she said, well, I had to wash clothes because tomorrow's your mom's day to wash clothes. <laughs> right. You know, so they have their, their yeah. routine set up. To, yeah. You know, and again, my mom loves to cook. And uh, so we had to say, Mom, this is Blanche's kitchen. Right. You know, and, and it's almost like you're telling her you have to ask permission mm-hmm. to come in and cook. And, and you know, but, but exactly what you said, if you don't set those boundaries, then it could be a problem. and And As I've told Blanche, there's nothing that I want to let come between us. And so we've got to make sure we're right so that this can be right. And and it can be interesting and it could be difficult uh, because my mom, she loves to cook sweets. Mm. And I love to eat sweets. (laughs) But I've worked so hard to not get crazy, you know, and always working out and things. So Blanche and I don't really eat that many sweets at home. But if it's there, I'll eat it. Yeah. So we've had to, you know, mom, don't if you're going to make it, you got to take it off and do something else with it, you know. And so it's been a, it's been a learning experience. But it's been over a year, year and a half, and I think we've, uh, I think personally, it's 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 worked out really well. What do you think
1: the the most difficult piece of that year or leading up to that year was? Not for your dad, but just the aspect of moving your mom into the house.
2: I don't know. You know, and it's interesting as I thought about it, there was never a question about what are we going to do with mom. Right. It was, I I. I just assumed it, that she was going to move in with us because we had the room. My sister, uh, we, and we have a great relationship. My sister, uh, you know, she's she had one of her sons living there, and so they have an extra room, but we had a hole upstairs that we weren't using. So I never, I don't know, I never thought about, uh, you know, should I, should we talk about this, whatever? It was just assumed, and Blanche was right there with me. She and my mom, that was her plan. So that, I don't know, that part wasn't difficult. Uh, I don't know, just getting used to
1: it. And I know at one point y'all were like, do we... Do we stay in the bigger home with the upstairs, or do you move to a one-story? Right. Or how, how, you know, uh, how do we best best you know fit everybody's situation? And that could be you know a big burden on, on the relationship. Also,
2: there's there's so many things, and and that can be, uh, that can cause little friction. And that's where exactly what you said: communication. You've got to take time to sit and talk about it, and uh, because if you don't, it festers. And it can blow up and, and it's just not worth it. Uh, mostly there's been a few little things that Blanche and I have had talked about that, that, uh, I didn't see coming, uh, and really very few. Uh, but again, she's home with my mom all day right. and my mom won't stay home much. Uh, but you know, it's just, it's just those things. And if you don't talk about it, communicate, you, you can build those walls that are difficult to tear down. Uh, but I've worked, uh, and I haven't had to work. But I've, I've really, I guess they worked on making sure Blanche knew that she is my priority. Right. You know, whatever else comes, she is my priority, and I, I feel like I've done that at least, or I hope I have. so.
1: Yeah, and that that doesn't just you know that's not just for elderly parents like. Some of your, you know, your cheer parents out there and baseball parents and all the the different sports and stuff. You you have to remember, I know that you want to invest in your kid's life, but you have to remember that your wife, your husband is the number one relationship in your house. One day, uh, and we all know it, they're going to, as much as you give and you love and all those things, they're going to find somebody they love Uh, more than you look
2: at James I mean (laughs) as soon as he could he got out (laughs) out
1: Uh, they're going to be gone and it's going to be y'all two left and if you didn't nurture that relationship so many people get divorced after their kids are gone because they realize that they've been sleeping next to a stranger you know for all of these years and that their their true relationship was with their kids not with their spouse right the
2: household revolves around the kids and we know God gives an order it's God first uh Pastor Bobby here uh, talks about when he met his wife and how they dated and things. And he said his prayer, which I always appreciated. He said his prayer was always that he would find <clears throat> a woman that loved God more than he would love she would love Bobby. Wow! And uh, he said when he found Linda, he found that. Wow! And you know that's that's what we all should long for, to have a uh, a wife that loves God so much uh, and more than us, because that's the order God. Commands God first, then our spouse, and then our family, our kids, and then our job, and then our ministry, and and we have to keep those things in order. Because uh, as you said, you know it's easy not only to put the kids first, but a lot of Christians put ministry first. Yeah, Yeah. and and you get those things out of order, and your life's going to be out of order.
1: Especially, man, we our job and our ministry will come first so many times, you know, because we have that natural desire to. To provide, so sure. yeah, that'll get out of control real quick. You think, hey, man, just because I'm bringing $100,000 home a year, then that's enough, you know? Now they need you to love them. They need you to show attention and all those things, and, and then you add ministry you know, on top of that. That mm-hmm. takes so much time, so yeah. very good. Um, so let's go back to something that uh, that I haven't experienced yet, but, you know, you talked about taking the keys away from your dad. I haven't experienced that yet, but man, uh, dad, hope you ain't listening because you cannot drive anymore. <laughs> and he, and he knows like, if I go with it, you know, I'm driving. Um, but he still won't let my mom drive or, or right. my sister drive, or even my wife drive. He's just, you know, that, that independence is still having the keys. Uh, so one of these days I'm going to have that, but like, I know like, what the difficult situation is that, okay, you finally find uh, a place that you have to, you have to put a loved one. Man, talk about a little bit like the, the hardships of, okay, not just finding a good place, but making sure they're being able to be taken care of right there. Because like you, you, you hit on it a little bit is don't never do what you would do and as good as you would do it.
2: Right. Well, for us, the, uh, taking the keys away, actually, It wasn't really, really hard. It was difficult, but uh, my dad had an incident where he got lost. Actually, he came to church, and he was just driving across the street to go to Sunday school, and he ended up in Deer Park. Mm -hmm. And he called me, and it just happened to be in between services. He said, Mark, I'm lost. Um, I don't know where I'm at. And I said, what's around you? And I figured out where he was at, and I went and got him. And he, he then... He was he was in his right mind enough to say you know what I don't think I need to be driving anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it scared him. Yeah, and uh, and I think he drove a little bit after that, but it really I, I guess that was a blessing for us because I can't imagine telling my mom right now you're you're not gonna be able to drive anymore. Right, I, I'd be afraid of what she'd do. <laughs> <laughs> she you used might to, get grounded. Yeah, I used to, <laughs> yeah, you know my mom and dad weren't afraid to spank, and so it might be you know I might hear those belts <laughs> popping again, but um, but so that part of it really wasn't that terrible uh, it was difficult but uh, and then we got rid of his car and so he was content to let my mom drive and, and do those things uh, going to the the facility that we chose uh, it was it was nice it was clean for us really the biggest blessing was it was within a five minute radius from my house and my sister's house and it literally was across the street from my daughter's house Mm. so we could be there i would tell anybody who's having to put a a loved one in a facility that the care they give is based on your appearance Mm. uh, or your being there Um, what we found out is the old saying the squeaky wheel gets the oil uh, we were there every day. And that comes down to uh, we had a schedule. We we said, okay, you're going to go this time. My, my mom would go every day. But my sister and I, we're working. We're doing things. So we would say, okay, you go here. I'll be here. And, and so we made sure that every day somebody was there and also at different times. Uh, and we had a great working relationship with the owner. Uh, they knew us. Of course, my sister... I love her to death, but she is the squeaky wheel. And she will <laughs> let you know. When well, it's time to grease it. <laughs> you know, she will let you know I'm not that away and I'm thankful to God she was because when we first started there was some things that we were like, really? You know, they they don't change him, they don't do these things. And she walks in and man, things are happening. <laughs> so you don't want to be Rude to where they mistreat them or anything, but I believe it's so important that they know that you're going to come mm-hmm. because I think we saw the evidence of it in the other rooms where people never came, and I don't know what kind of care those people got, yeah, I mean honestly, and this was a nice place and and I would I was very pleased with it. I felt like they treated my dad good. Uh, but we also put a camera up in the room.
1: That's what I was about to ask you. With the different types of technology, what are some of, some of the things that you guys was able to use?
2: It's, uh, it's amazing. Very inexpensive. A little camera. And we told them it's legal. And we told them we were doing it. And uh, we put him up because he had a tendency to try to get out of bed and would fall. And uh, so my mom could look on her phone anytime and literally talk to him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's getting restless, she could tell him, Hey, we're watching. We're here. Calm so down. Good. And, uh, just hearing her voice, he would, he would have those moments. He had what they call sundowners. And, uh, for those of that know about it, it's really unbelievable because literally when the sun goes down, he would, he would go back to other places. He never, ever forgot who we were. Uh, cause I hear horror stories to me about people that would walk in, uh, and it was their mother, and they're saying, "Who are you?" Yeah. And that that would have just really broke my heart, which was already hard. But he never did that. But he would always talk about where he grew up, having to go to work. Can you bring my work clothes? Can mm-hmm. you, you know, and all those kind of things. Uh, but my mom was able to watch him, and and at night she she'd call down there if he was out of bed. She'd call, and they'd have to go down, and put him back in bed, mm-hmm. and things. So there's things you can do. In, in the facility to make sure they're getting treated well. Uh, that gave kind of peace on both sides, right, for your right. mom and him. Oh, yeah. Uh, that way
1: your mom felt like, okay, she could go ahead and go to bed tonight. He's already asleep. She could, you know, rest a little bit easier because he was asleep at that point too. Right. So And
2: it still is. It was hard for her to sleep a lot. And, uh, again, she's going down there every day. In fact, we, we worked with her to, to, say, take a day off. You know, go shopping, go do other things, and and let me just say this: this is, to me, this is so important. Um, you do what you can do. Uh, do not let other people put guilt trips on you about the care you're giving. Now, if you're not doing anything, shame on you. Right. But if you're doing the best you can do, that's all you can do. And we, it was hard enough to put him in a facility. My mom could not take care of him anymore. I couldn't be there all the time. My sister couldn't be there all the time, so we wanted the best care for him. So we put him in this facility. And I had people tell me, "I can't believe you did that." Yeah. yeah. I can't believe you. You know. Well, and I'm thinking, you don't have parents like this. You don't know. Yeah. And and you know. So I just made my mind up, and and I can say today I don't have no regrets. I and I can say that because I I did what I could do. And I know my mom did all she could do, and my sister did all she could do. My kids joined in, did what they could do. And so you know what? People can have their opinions. Uh, they can keep them to themselves as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. But, but if you do what you can do, that's all you can do. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked
1: about it, families and team sport. You know, we all have to – Kick in no matter what generation from the family you're in when you go through something like that. You need everybody to do a little bit. And then if everybody does a little bit, it goes a long way. It goes a long ways. Yeah. Um, so there was some other technology, too. Didn't y'all have like some type of like a video conferencing iPad or something that y'all gave to him or something? We so did. did.
2: We gave him. I couldn't tell you what it is. Not an iPad, but it was something that we could talk to him, uh, you know, do like the FaceTime and, and things. And so... Uh, and they have technology, too, that's there that alerts you. They put a, a pressure sensor in the bed to where they can tell if he gets up, and it sends an alarm to them to say, hey, he's up. Because, you know, in those homes, I will say, uh, what we found out is you can't leave anything there that you want to keep. Yeah. Because we we bought it, my son bought uh, my dad a brand-new walker because he was tall. So we got one that was taller. And, uh, after about a week, we came in and the walker wasn't anywhere around.
1: You yeah, know, raggedy one, huh? Yeah. It, uh, and, it was, it was the original <laughs> kind with a tennis ball underneath the,
2: <laughs> the front, you know, and, and it's like, what, where'd the walker go? And they said, well, we couldn't find it. And so after about two or three days, the, the walker showed back up. And they found it in another lady's room. Mm. She had just seen it, liked it, and took it yeah. And uh, so that just, it's just those things that happen. So, there were old know, ladies in there. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the old ladies, they, they were. Teach they teach dad something. to
0: stand up for oh, be, They hit
2: on the old men too. They did. It was crazy. Uh, and when you have video, you, you see a lot of stuff it's like, oh my gosh, you know. Mm. Uh, Miss Mary's like, that's my husband. <laughs> he better get
0: out of that room. I like an God old lady with nothing to lose. They're fun. They're fun. They're
2: like, I'm coming. My,
0: my favorite people to talk to at work or the favorite guests to serve is uh, really old people, but their brain is still sharp, Yeah, and they got nothing to lose. Yeah. And they just do whatever they, they want. They'll say whatever. whatever they want. They're And, and they, they know, know how that. to be really respectful and... Um, What's the word like cordial? Like they know how to play the game, right? right? Uh, but they also will just say something crazy just because they can and they don't care. And I yeah. love it. Those are yeah. the most fun it's people fun to be around. Because there's
2: a there's a man here that we all know and love, and he'll say stuff. And his his response is, "Hey, I'm old. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's I'm, old, so, I'm old. You know, we, i I right. had this
0: old guy come in. He was serving this girl. She uh she was saying, "You'll never believe what just happened to me." You know, and uh, she was serving some old guy. And uh, the guy said something like, hey, so we can order anything on the menu? She's like, yeah, you can order anything on the menu. And so he put the menu on the ground. and goes, will you stand on that menu for me? <laughs> and he's like looking at his friends like, am I right, fellas? <laughs> and she – it is a stupid joke, but I was just like – I just love – like he knows. He's like, what? What are you going to do? i just being silly. I'm 100
1: years old. What are you going to tell me? Yeah, I'm not going
0: to actually do anything. We made a silly joke. Uh, those kind of people but those are my favorite. Yeah, those are <laughs> <what laughs>
1: And I, th- I think uh, this next one I want to ask you, I was going to ask you earlier before we got here, but uh, uh, it's probably a pretty standard practice. When you first go, they ask you, hey, just give us a week or so before you start visiting. And uh, I know like this is like one of the hardest decisions you're having to make, and then they ask you not to visit. Uh, talk about that a little bit in the difficult situation especially when, especially for your mom having to stay away and she's been his caregiver right. for 50 years or whatever it may be 65
2: years they were years. married um that was and we didn't we didn't do very well with that at first um we were there every day for about the first week and he he would beg us and that was in the, that was the hardest thing he would beg us to take him home uh, mm-hmm. He just wanted to be home, and uh, he would call me. And I don't know if it's whatever people would think, whatever. But I still have his calls on my phone. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> and he, uh, but he would call Mark, "Come get me. We got to go to work tomorrow." You yeah. know, and and all. And finally, the lady that owned it, she said, "Look, please give us a week to to get him sit situated, yeah. and uh, we'll take the phone out, take his phone, and uh, that way you can have a break." And just, you know, and so I think, honestly, we only gave about three or four days. Yeah. But it did make it. there He finally came to the place where he knew. You know, and it's kind of sad, too, because you could see that that almost defeated attitude. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, before, it's like, get me out of here. Come get And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I'm here. This know. is my new life. This is what it is. Yeah. And so that was difficult. I, I think it's actually a good thing. um, Looking back on it, we probably should have done that and, and let him get accustomed. But he was so – my mom uh, had made him so dependent on her. That was the other thing. Uh, in that culture, we have to understand it's so different. Uh, my mom and dad being married 65 years, it was the fact that he went to work, and she worked, but yet she took care of him. And when I say took care of him, I mean he's on the couch, get me a sandwich, okay. You know, and and people today, the women of today would like, I can't believe you, (laughs) you know, but that's, that's the way it was. And she treats me the same way today. Yeah. You know, I'll be sitting in there. Hey, I'm going to make me a sandwich. You want to say, you know, and that's just, that was that culture. Yeah.
1: And And she's got a servant's heart like no other. She is.
2: Yes. And so the, you know, because he was so dependent, uh, I don't know if you could, I don't think you'd want to visualize this, but. One day I went over there for breakfast, and she was cutting up his food. He could cut his food up, but she's got to cut his food up. And uh, I said, Dad, why don't you just let her feed you too? And he opened his mouth like, okay. (laughs) And, And I'm thinking, that is. I said, you are so spoiled. And he just gave that little grin like, yeah,
1: that's the know. that's my my parents. My mom will complain about something. I'm like, no, 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 no. Right? You created that monster, <laughs> and now you don't like it. You right. know, uh, it's all fun and games until you know they start taking advantage of it. You know, uh, that's that's good. Um, and I don't want to take a, too much more of your time, but like if you could just like, and I appreciate it. I know that this is might be some of the most that you've talked about this, uh so it's, it's it's difficult. But if you can just you know, leave the people with something on. Uh, you know the the whole the whole situation that you went through that you might think could really help them. Uh, just leave them with something right now.
2: I think it's um, for one thing. I we only we only had my dad in the facility for about seven months, um, and I think about some of the people I know that have loved ones in there for years. Uh, you know, I don't know if I could say, but Brother Dale. Yeah. Uh, man just such an inspiration to me. I'm not sure exactly how many years. I think it was 6 to 8 years. It is a long time. That yeah. he is he is visiting his wife every day. Uh he was in a situation where uh if I'm not mistaken she she didn't even know who he was uh towards the end and uh and yet he never gave up on her. Yeah. And there's something to that because I've mentioned it a couple of times about regret. And I didn't want to have everything said and done, and then now look back and go, "Man, I wish I would have done this." Man, I I should have done that. It wasn't, you know, and and Brother Dale gave me the inspiration because I know I know him enough to know he doesn't have any regrets. He gave up his retirement; uh, he just retired, and and all that. Not I, I, sh- I shouldn't even be talking about him like this, but he's just such an inspiration to me so so that I when I went in this place or when we went in this situation I, I remembered that, and i wanted to I wanted to do that, yeah, I wanted to honor my dad, and that's another thing I wanted to honor my dad, I didn't you know with the way that I treated him um again, I was so blessed for years we were me and my dad were just best friends <laughs> and you know for forever and and so it was real easy to honor him, but I would just say. It's going to cost you. It's going to be difficult, but in the end, if you'll do it, because I always look back and I teasingly say I'm going to have a long life on this earth, because my Bible says that honor your mother and father, so that your days in this life will be long. Yeah. And and I'm nobody. I, I but it and it was easy for me to honor them, uh, because they're so loving and caring. But I did. And so I'm gonna be around a while. That's good. <laughs> that's know. good.
1: Live with no regret, right? No regret on, on, on that. Don't go out there and just go buck wild in this world. <laughs> <laughs> but we, when it comes to your parents, man, do what you can do. You and know that's
2: the key. I, I I watched this show, and it was it was something saying I, I'm not getting it right, but it really hit home with me. It was something to the effect of this mom told her son, "Hey, you cannot." solve all the problems of the world but you can solve some. Yeah, mm-hmm. And so just do what you can do. Yeah. And, and don't let other people put that guilt trip on you about you know well because that's going to come back to get them. Yeah. Because yeah. they're going to have a situation too and then they're going to find out this isn't as easy as you might think. Yeah.
1: It's like these Parent, these these uh, couples giving parent advice with no kids yeah. Right. yeah you know that's true I think one of the things that will just leave with this one thing that I've just recently learned was instead of telling or demanding find a way to ask for you you know when my parents wanted to to drive across the United States and I knew that they, were, they weren't going to get out of town before they got lost you know <laughs> um and I was telling them, you know, you, you do this, do this, do this, and they would. He wouldn't listen to me, you know. And then I was talking to my 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 guy, and uh, he said, "Tell him to do it for you, Dad. Do this for me, so we're not." And then when I told him that, he says, "Okay." But when I was telling them, you need to do this, and you need that's not the right thing, and right. you know, it just like as a man, you're like. You ain't you ain't gonna tell me what to do. Especially my dad. My dad's a man's man. He's always yeah, been sure. a man's man, you know. You're not gonna tell him what to do. And you almost have to use that, that backwards, you know, stuff on him. Tell him what you don't want him to do or tell him what you don't want him to do so he'll do what you want him to do, you know. Well, you know, and it's interesting. Reverse interesting psychology. To say
2: that because that, that uh my mom would call me. I can't get your dad to do this. Get over here and if I told him to do it or, or the same thing, if yeah. I asked him to do it, he would do it, yeah. Or most of the time, not all the time, yeah. But most of the time, he would he would do what I asked him to do, yeah. Whereas my mom would would ask him, and he would just ah oh, yeah, you know. But if I could, she'd call me. I'd go over there and say, Dad, we need to do this, yeah. And he would go ahead and do it. And, you know.
1: My my mom says I'm the only one my dad listens to, also. Uh, so I mean, just work that into your favor. You right. know, uh, just find find the reason, the the one guy that makes reason with that parent, and and y'all talk about it as a family, and then let them be the voice of the family. You know, and that'll make things a lot, a lot easier. But just sure. try not to demand. You know, talk to them with respect, even though when they're being difficult, because it it gets difficult, especially when they don't remember certain things at times. It can be very frustrating it's for very them. Frustrating. I think yeah. you even you, you know. Uh, the doctor even told you one time, uh, I try to remember all this stuff right. because I know I'm going to, uh, hopefully I, I don't end up there one day But in case, but when they're going on those things, try not to, like, always correct them out of it. Just go with Just them. go with it because it gets them even more frustrated when you're telling them that's not how it was it does, and those right. things. So.
2: It does. And it's not hard. I mean, it's just, a, oh, really, you know, and, it's, wow, I forgot about that, or I didn't, mm-hmm. you know. And they 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 stay calm and they get through it. Yeah, so
1: very good. Well, Pastor, thanks. Like I said, I know this is it's not always easy talking about these things in life, but I think that sometimes when we do talk talk about them, it's it's healing too. You know, it is.
2: It's freeing. And I I'd, I'd like to, if you wouldn't mind, if, if I could just pray for those. Maybe if there's somebody listening that's making these decisions, uh, having to make this choice, and they're really struggling. Uh, I didn't really speak about it hardly at all, but my faith is. Is, uh, the, and it wasn't just my faith. It was a family faith that really got us through this. We could lean on each other, but more than that, we truly could lean on the Lord. And, and uh, I'm telling you, there were days when it's like, I don't know what to do. I'm crying out to the Lord. And things would work out. And so nice. uh, I would just encourage everybody, but if, let me just pray, we just yeah. Yeah. take a minute. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, first of all, I thank you, uh, for the opportunity we have to honor our parents. And, and I know it's, it's not just only parents, but maybe other loved ones in our life, uh, as siblings, children, Lord God, that we have to, uh, maybe deal with this in. And so first and foremost, Lord, give us the wisdom we need to make the right choices the right decisions Lord God your word says we have not because we ask not so if there's anyone that's hearing this that's struggling trying to make that decision trying to decide what's best what they're going to do I I pray that they would just do always do what's best for their loved one and that's the most important and there is sacrifice involved there is a cost and Lord it's worth it at the end of it all to be able to to know that we did all we could do and you honor that I believe you honor that So Lord, I pray for comfort and peace as they make these decisions. And I pray they would find the exactly right place Uh, to put their loved ones so that they could, they could, um, be what, you know, be well. And, and Lord, maybe they're bringing them home and, and they need the, the peace and the patience to deal with that. And I pray for husbands and wives that are going through this. And Lord, let this, as I feel like it did for me and, and my wife, Lord, let it bring them closer together than ever before. That they'll be on the same page that they'd be willing to sit down as pastor David said and have the hard conversations uh, so that there's boundaries and there's things set up so that there's nothing in question and we just thank you for the opportunity to be able to take care of our parents so thank you lord for those that are listening uh, thank you for uh, just being faithful and always to be able to, being able to depend on you and and lord we just thank you for every day with those that we love in the name of jesus we pray
1: Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we love you. This
0: is The Refuge Project.